0: Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. How are you guys doing? Boy, that was weak. That was weak. I'm telling you, that was weak. How you guys doing? Yeah. Now, that's good. That's good. Hey, you guys, thank you for being here in the auditorium. You guys give some love to those watching online from everywhere. Give them some love. Man, we're starting a brand new series called Chaos, and let me tell you, it has been utter chaos all week long, and especially this morning from the time I woke up very early. So uh, we're going to get through this with God's help, and I am so thankful that you are here. Look at the person next to you, give them a high five, and thank them for being here. All right, all right. So, uh, and let me say this, if you would like to, if you're brand new here or you have not done it, if you'll take and go to the app store and type in Freedom Church Gallatin, you can download our app, and on the bottom right-hand corner it says Sundays. You can pull up the teaching notes for this brand new series that we are kicking off called Chaos. And let me say this to you. If you are here and maybe you don't consider yourself a Christian, or maybe you're just not really sure, you couldn't have picked a better day to be at Freedom Church. And so let's give God praise praise and lift the roof off this place and we're healthy and we're able to be able to be here i read something about this person the other day and they said below our southern border they said it's filled with chaos violence and corruption the government is in absolute shambles and the people are fighting amongst themselves you know what they said next they said i sure am glad i live in canada They say that they're going to make a 51st state for the United States. You know what the state is? You know what the name of it is? The state of chaos. (laughs) I think we're already there. How many of you would agree with me that in this nation that we're living in right now, utter chaos abounds? Would you lift your hand and say, I agree with that? Yes, just all kinds of chaos. And, and we look at things that's went on from this year and, and we look at what really chaos is. Chaos is a condition or it is a place of great disorder or confusion. That's what chaos is. And so there's been so much chaos with COVID. There's been a lot of chaos when it comes to affecting jobs and the economy. There's been chaos with schools. How many of you here are glad your kids are going back to school? Shoot your hand up. Say, yeah! I mean, <laughs> you're glad they're actually maybe going to go back to school on a regular basis. Also, there is all kinds Kinds of chaos with rioting, and there's chaos with Congress. There's chaos in the world, and I think we know that. I've seen this quote, and I can't really give credit to it, but I love what it said. Check this out: Some people survive chaos, and that is how they grow. And some people thrive in chaos because chaos is all they know. I don't know about you and where you're at today, and you've came here. Maybe it's your first time. You've been here for years, but I know that you have an opportunity to grow from that chaos and that's what we're going to talk about today but we have to really get to the root of when chaos is abounding in our lives why chaos think about that why chaos and it really just boils down to one particular thing the reason chaos is so bad whoa this thing right here is getting squirrely on me give me just one second there we go what's the next letter thank you hello what's the next letter yes okay so we know when you think about sin a lot of people they they get really squirrely these days they don't want anybody to talk about sin they think well, you go to church you need to make me feel good about myself and how good i really am and i'm sorry that's not going to happen here i'm sorry to bust your bubble okay so anyway with that being said when you think about sin though you've got to look at it in the right context. When we think about sin itself, sin is basically means this. It means missing the mark. Now, I don't want to miss the mark, and I don't want you to either. But when you think about missing the mark, that's what sin really means. That's what the essence of what sin, the word means. And so, when someone is a sinner, that means that they are missing the mark. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you here, when you were growing up, you ever drew, you would draw Straws. How many of you ever draw straws when you're growing up? Right, right, right. Well, I tell you what, I need some volunteers. I need some volunteers. I want at least one man and this time two women. Because all you men, you you try to fast track and get up here. So, all right, here we go. Jeff's coming up here. Come on up here, Jeff. I need, all right, come on ladies, stand up. All right, here you go. Come on, come on up here. Come on up here, brother. Right there. All right, right here. Come on. Did you stand up? Come on up here. Yes, come on up here. If you don't mind, you stood up for a second. Come on. Look, and right here, right here, we got, right here, we got, we got right here. Come on up here. Yes, come on up here. Yes, you, both of you. Got them both. Hey, doesn't mind call them. Sorry. Sorry. If you don't mind, come on up here. I'm just going to do something real quick. You guys, come on up here. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. No, that's all right. You ain't going to have to read. Good morning. Good to see y'all. Now, listen. Now, you guys, look, you guys give them a hand. Don't they look awesome? All right. All right so when we were little we drew straws because when you drew straws whoever got the longest straw got what or they got something which would be a thank you prize sister yes all right so we're gonna go here we don't know what order the straws are in right we have no idea i'm even gonna i'm gonna spin them up here just a little bit so all right there are three straws here, and the proper thing to do is ladies first. Thank you. Mmm, show it. Mmm. What do y'all think? Do it together. One, two, three. Mmm. All right, okay. Mmm, oh, everybody together. Oh, one, two, three. Oh. Everybody go, wow, is that cool? So when we would draw straws, you'd either go first or you would get a prize. So, Nathan, you have earned a prize here, my friend. This is a gift card to the merch store for $10. Is that cool? But don't go anywhere yet. Everybody feel bad for these people, just loser, right? But I want y'all to gaze over here. I want you to gaze over here for me. Okay? Now, when you think about the word sin, it also another part of the definition to it from its original writing. And to not share in the prize. So, if you mess around with sin, you will not be able to share in the prize. Does everybody understand what I'm saying by that? As to not share in the prize. You're missing the mark. But today, because I have full faith in all three of these wonderful people, they are going to all three get to share in the prize because sin is not their friend. $10 merch, $10 merch you guys. You guys give them some love. Thank you guys so much. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate it so much. Appreciate it so much. All right. So, with that being said, our great God had a plan from the very beginning to be able to help bring meaning and order out of chaos. But we have to go back to the origins of it from creation, how that it started in creation and it came to be chaos. And so, what I want to do today is is to help you understand where it started and why it it has abounded and what God did about it. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, isn't that what is wrong with much of the world today when we look at it in this context? so many lives are formless, so many lives are dark, so many lives are empty, and chaos abounds. Would you agree with that? People just, they have no purpose, they have no meaning whatsoever. How many of you here, and and don't raise your hand, because I think we have all been at this point in time in our lives before. How many of you have ever felt like you were formless? You were full of emptiness and darkness availed, and maybe you just felt meaningless. You just had that dominate your life and you didn't really understand it but when the god of creation looks at me and you he doesn't look at us as where we're at he looks at every one of us for what he created us to become He's looking at the prize possession of what He has done in our lives. He's looking at, at the beauty of the creation of how He created your life and, and what He wants you to become, not where you're at and how you're living. He's looking far beyond that, and that's why it's so crucial that we understand that what God wants to do is He does not want us to be able to be bound in sin and miss the mark and to not share in the prize. He does not want us to be able to miss that in our very lives. And so that's why that he made mankind, because he wants to be there with you. He wants to have that relationship with you. He wants you to be there with you each and every day. Now, when we look at here at Adam and Eve, we know that Adam was created and god gave him the opportunity to be able to take the garden and take care of the garden and that's why that i've always said the first career job was landscaping he took care of the garden right so if you're how many landscapers we got in here yeah got some landscapers yeah there's some landscapers oh you got the first career job it's pretty cool anyway with that being said we know that he told him that he wanted to name all the animals but as he was taking care of the garden he warned him he says you're not, you can have all the trees and all the fruit in this garden, but you can't touch the tree of life. Do not touch it. Uh, he didn't say do not touch it. He just said you can have it. Well, we know that one day this evil serpent came in in the form of Satan, and he comes in, and he begins to talk to Eve and begins to create, in her mind, a lot of doubt. And as he creates doubt in her mind, he lets her know, says, You know what, Eve, you can have anything here. Well, God said we couldn't. He said that we couldn't even touch it. God didn't say that, just told him not to partake in it. And so what Satan did was took a little bit of truth and a little bit of lie, and he was spelling out a chaotic destruction. So what does she do? She's looking at that, whether it was an apple, an orange, or a plum, we don't know. But as she's looking at it, what is forming in her mind is the temptation begins to grow. And so it's just like with a child. You can put a child in a room. You can put one toy in the center of the room and say, do not play with that toy, but you can play with all the rest. And they've done studies on this. And you watch the child through a one-way glass mirror. And what, which one do they go to? The one that they're not supposed to, right? So that's the same way. You imagine she begins to look at that apple. She grabs it. And the point of sin sounded like this. In that moment, everything changed, not only for Adam and Eve, but for you and me. And that point of the temptation that became sin. The Bible tells us here, genesis chapter 3 and verse 7 at that moment their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves i where one time a little boy he was at his grandma's house and she had put this leaf inside the holy bible and he was thumbing through the bible and all of a sudden the leaf fell out and he says mama he said my grandmama says adam's suit fell out of the bible here <laughs> that's what he always heard you know but um One of the realities of sin is that it affects and spreads and that's where chaos begins eve sinned here adam partook in it adam was there watched what happened should have covered his wife wouldn't have been an issue at the wrongdoing and then we see how that next thing you know god's looking for them in the cool of the day and and he's asking where they're at and god came looking for them and and they were hiding and they were afraid and god was searching for them and we encounter in this moment where that they begin to start blaming each other. Isn't that, what, isn't that what we do? We blame one another for things that goes wrong in life. He began to, Eve began to, to blame the serpent. We know that Adam blames the, uh, Eve. And, you know, how many of you men here that are husbands uh, blame your wives for things? Do not raise your hand because you're going to have to go home with her, not me. So, we encounter a situation here at this moment a God who is on a mission to seek you and me when life gets chaotic and spinning out of control. God didn't look at it and say, oh what do we do now? I mean, they've sinned, we, we, they've messed up. No, God had a plan. Look what it says in John's gospel in the New Testament in chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning, the word already existed, the word being Jesus Christ. Jesus was not born six miles south of Jerusalem and Bethlehem as when he first showed up and existed. No, he was already there. It says, the Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The Word, talking about the agent of creation here, gave life to everything that was created and his life brought life to everyone. So Jesus Christ came to be able to bring order out of chaos in the world here for what it had became, to give us light in the midst of darkness because the world is full of all kind of chaos. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever felt like, I have, and I, I'm sure you have too, that everything in your life seemingly was out of order at some time? Things weren't going exactly the way that you thought that it should it things weren't fitting together properly as you thought that it would maybe some of you have said nothing really works out for me the way that it should or you don't my, my personal life just seems to be in an ultimate mess or or my career is in shambles the contracts aren't coming and the promotions aren't there or maybe it's a situation where that maybe you've made this statement this is not how i plan for my life to be able to be There's only one way for our lives to be able to move from chaos and to be able to have real peace and real order for each of us. And we need God's, listen to me, creative power. We gotta have God's creative power. He wants us to be able to take our lives, put our lives in his hands, and let him direct us. God has a plan for each and every one of us for our lives. It is a perfect plan, but if you're not careful, you get bound down and following that which you think you can, you'll miss the mark and you'll so share, you won't share in the prize. Now for many people when you think about their lives, they don't really give over the fullness of their life for God to direct their life. You follow what I'm saying? It seems to be that church is a slice of pie. Then you got a slice of pie in your career. You got a slice of pie in your relationship. You got a slice of pie when it comes to your kids. You got a slice of pie when it comes to your hobbies. All those kind of things, but God is the pie. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about letting him have full dominion of your life. Our lives are in constant battle. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you here would raise your hand and say, man, there's just times it gets real tough because my family is dysfunctional. I raised my hand, family's dysfunctional. You know, and you just, some of you probably need to do this and you're pointing down and you're just kind of looking, you know. Yeah, life gets chaotic because we get dysfunctional when it comes to things going on in our lives. We're not careful, you let, you're the protector men of your family. Like to, Adam was to be the protector of Eve If you're not careful, sin will crouch at your door is what they went on and told Cain when he was jealous of Abel's offering. So when we look at this and we understand what I'm saying, why does this happen? Why do you and me try to live our lives the way we do? We want to try to live according to our wisdom and our own desires. We have that built within us, and there's nothing wrong. God wants to fulfill the desires of your heart, but the desires of your heart needs to line up with his heart. That's what he's trying to let us know. And when we are trying to live life the way we want to, and we're calling the shots, guess who's not calling the shots? God. So then chaos begins to abound in our lives when we are calling the shots. And when we're calling them, we know that we then are devoid of God's creative power in our lives. Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 9 and 10 in the message Spells it out about as clearly as we can Check this out The heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful A puzzle that no one can figure out But I, God, search the heart and examine the mind I get to the heart of the human I get to the root of things I treat them as they really are Not as they pretend to be See what you see. What they're saying there—that's the bad news. But the good news is, God wants to enter. God wants to enter our hearts. God wants to cleanse our hearts, and God wants to live in our hearts. And that way, no chaos for God is too great to turn the chaotic order that's in your life to be able to have in peace and calm. Too many people today. What they end up doing, if you're not careful, you will walk into God's house and you're pretending to be somebody that you're not. You're trying to fake everybody out and you're not faking nobody out, especially when it comes to God. That's why so many people cannot have the power, the creative power of God to be able to live in a world of chaos, but yet have real peace and real order and real purpose and joy that dominates your heart because you're trying to fake everybody out. You're not faking God out and you pretend to be somebody that you were never meant to be. Does that make sense? It's so true. We live in a world where we got to look great on Instagram. we got to look great on Facebook. we got to put an image out there that was never you or me to begin with. When are we going to get real with a real God so we can have a real relationship, so we can have real order and real peace and real purpose and real joy and real love and a real life that he meant for you to be able to live? That's what he created you for. And people are missing that. It's time that we get out of living for the USA thing and live for the Jesus thing. And that's where we need to be at. But so many people get so caught up in what's going on in the world around them. That's what they do. So from a time, we look at 4,000 years later, after creation, Jesus leaves heaven. He comes to earth. As he comes here, we look at the circumstances of his birth. And as he gets and starts at age 30 in the Jewish Culture, You couldn't become a priest and start, you weren't recognized as that until the age of 30 to be a priest. And so here he was as a rabbi. He goes about, he's seeking out disciples and he's seeking out the different ones. Then he starts his ministry for three years and we see that he performs miracle after miracle after miracle. And then Jesus begins to explain to the pack of 12 that he's going to be dying, that he's going to face a terrible death. And they just didn't get it and everything was going great And then next thing you know, he knew in his mind, they weren't getting it. The disciples weren't, but he was going from chaos to the cross. It was getting worse all the time. So we look in John's gospel in chapter 16 and there in verse 28 he talks them the disciples are telling Jesus well we're so thankful now you're finally speaking plainly to us and and you're saying through it things to us that we can understand and we believe that you came from God and then Jesus goes on to tell them the time is now and I want you to understand that you're going to leave me alone you're going to be scattered but my father will not leave me alone and he goes on to clearly spell it out what chaos is and how it's going to abound he says I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me you notice he said peace in him not in the world not in the usa not in tennessee not in Sumner county or gallatin not across the globe he says you're going to have peace in me here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows but take heart because i have overcome the world And what Jesus is saying here is despite the chaos, the confusion, the disorder, the stress, the struggles, and the strains that you're going to face, Jesus is saying, I'm not only going to be there for you as my disciples, but I'm going to be there for all of humanity. I offer my life for you. We know that he goes and he has the Last Supper with them and he teaches them how to serve in John 13. And it and goes through all the way up till he prays the greatest prayer in John 17 to where the, he not only prays for his disciples, but he prays for all of humanity, you and for me. And then we know that after that, we know that Jesus' faces being taken by his will, letting them have him to go to the cross. Let me tell you what chaos does. Chaos will always cultivate regrets. We see a guy named Judas who takes care of the money for the 12. And we see that all of a sudden he does something that he's going to live in regret. It says in Matthew 27, beginning with verse 3, here talking about Judas. He went and wanted to do whatever he could do to get Jesus to rise up and pull the card that he's the Messiah and take over a physical kingdom. But it says here, when Judas, who had betrayed him, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priests and the elders. I have sinned, he declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. What do we care, they retorted. That's your problem. Then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went out and hanged himself. Here's Judas. Thought he'd force his hand. A lot of people, the scholars, they, they think different things about what he did here, but here's what I will tell you. There's a cost always in worldly riches and or gaining power. Maybe Judas thought that Jesus would rise up and overthrow the Roman rule, or maybe those 30 pieces of silver looked so lustrous to him that he wanted them. See, what ends up happening, if you are not careful and myself... If we're not careful in this life, we will end up getting our eyes on the wrong prize. And therefore, when sin gets in your life, you miss the mark and to not share in the prize, the ultimate prize. See, you have the prize of salvation, but then you have a wonderful life here and now. So many people write songs about heaven, which is one day you're going to experience if you're a born-again Christian, you have your name in the book. But till then, there is a wonderful life and all kinds of prizes through the relationship you have with God that he wants to be able to give you. And so maybe you think you get your eyes on the wrong prize and you kind of want to make things go yourself. Maybe COVID has really jacked up your business and you're trying to fudge the books, but now you're getting audited. Maybe it's a situation where you've got regrets because you've made bad decisions in this year of total chaos that has brought all kinds of stress and all kinds of worry and all kinds of guilt, all kinds of depression, and maybe you're just living discouraged. Or maybe you've got regrets because you have hurt those who really you know you love the most. Maybe it's money and thoughts of power that get your mind from where you work and the company you're in. Maybe you're getting like Judas— wanting to control things and when you try to control things things get out of order and they get chaotic that's what happens regrets will always be cultivated through the chaos chaos also causes pain now how many of you here know that pain makes us selfish raise your hand and the rest of you that did not raise your hand, you're lying in the house of God, you need to ask Jesus to forgive you, because we're all selfish when it comes to pain. I remember when I had my I've had both hips replaced, I'm bionic. Do, 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 do. Anyway, uh, I remember when I had my first one done, they count down, it ran in my family, and they count down, you know, 10, 9, 8, and about 7, you're out, right? Well, next thing you know, you wake up, you didn't know the time has passed, and I start looking around the room, and I, I'm telling y'all, I was, I was dying in pain, even though they had meds in me and all that kind of stuff. I start looking around, and the one person that I wanted right at that moment was my wife, and I start hollering, Shanda, Shanda! And she was in the restroom, in the room, trying to scramble to get back in there to me because I'm hollering her name because I thought she could help me and help me with my pain. Pain we get really, really selfish with. We look at the relationship and the chaos going on around the cross. And, and Peter, here, the leader of the pack, and he was the leader of the disciples with Jesus, he tells Jesus, he says, uh, Jesus, he says, if, he, if everyone else deserts you, he says, I never will. I never will. It makes us brags, right? But then we know that Jesus goes on to tell him and says, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. See, chaos took over because when they came to get Jesus, he found out real then in the Garden of Gethsemane when they came to get him, and Judas came in there and said, I'm gonna greet him with a kiss, and they come to get him. Peter goes into the flesh. What does he do? And he cuts off Malchus's ear, the temple servant, and Jesus heals it and said, If you live with the sword, you die by the sword, and he goes on. But anyway, my point is Jesus goes through six different trials all night, goes through all these different trials and everything. But the Bible says this that brings to completion and fruition of what Jesus told Peter. he he basically lets him know that that he says at that moment in luke 22 the lord turned and looked at peter suddenly the lord's words flashed through peter's mind before the rooster crows tomorrow morning you will deny three times that you even know me and peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly see peter meant well but when the chaos came, he missed the entire big picture that Jesus was trying to get across to him. And what came at that moment was that Peter was only thinking of himself. See, there's pain and failure, especially when it comes to you and I. And during pain, we are selfish. Often, we want to do the right thing, but the pain— forces us in our minds to think that we don't want to do the right thing we do the wrong things and next thing you know it's causing other people pain we have guilt trips that sets in the joy that we once had was destroyed and sometimes those spur-of-the-moment decisions what ends that's what ends up hurting us the most we say i do in a marriage and next thing you know you step out and your hurts keep hurting the pain keeps coming and you're thinking, I, I didn't mean to hurt my wife, or I didn't mean to hurt my husband. I didn't mean to hurt my family. I didn't mean to hurt my kids I love so dearly. I didn't mean to hurt my parents. And here's what I'll tell you on another note it's hard to come to church for some people, and it might be you. It's hard to come to church and, and to be able to see a loving God allow so much pain in the world, for God to allow COVID to go on, for God to allow cancer. For God to allow someone to lose a spouse prematurely to some kind of disease or for God to allow you to lose your career job or God to allow you to lose a home that you tried so hard to keep. That's why Jesus rode in Jerusalem knowing in the chaos he was facing the cross that he came for me and for you and that he would face a death that humanity would know nothing about or ever understand. So Jesus goes into Jerusalem. They come and get him. And after he goes through the trials and he goes to the cross and goes through the beatings and all those things and the shame and reproach of it, and he's on a cross. And he says, Into your hands I commit my spirit, Father. Could you imagine the disciples? Imagine the disciples. Our leader's gone. I mean, they watch this guy. He heals the blind where they could actually see. He takes a few fishes and loaves and creates enough food to feed thousands. He raises Jairus' daughter, a little girl. He heals the woman with issue of blood. He spent every bit of her money she ever had, and all she wanted to do was touch the hem of his garment, and she was healed. He helped those that were tongue-tied, that never spoke clearly, to speak clearly. He helped those that never heard the beauty of the rushing wind and birds singing to be able to get their ears open to where that they could hear he done all these amazing things but they look up and he is dead and i assure you the roman government when they said he was dead he was dead two persons would sign off on the death certificate a lot of chaos after putting jesus in a borrowed tomb and you know what other chaos it created a lot of doubt and fear Sunday morning came and in John 20 we see there that as Sunday morning came that we see that Peter and John are running to the tomb and Peter outran him and he gets there to the tomb and and he goes in the rock is not in front of the tomb the stone is rolled aside he goes in and there's nothing but cloth folded properly in a neat place and he was beside himself where is Jesus in Jewish culture if someone went to a meal they would actually fold their napkin in such a way that they would say, I would love to come back. And Jesus was saying in essence, I've came back. I've bled, and I've died, and I've came back for you. See, the stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out. It was so that Peter and John could get in the tomb. And so when you think about Jesus' objective of coaching this team of 12 for three years, it was to be able to help them to conquer their doubt and fear, and the same for you and for me. We know that we go on, and it was Peter, them, they went back home. But in verses 19 through 21 in John's gospel in chapter 20, Jesus all of a sudden does the Aladdin thing and appears in front of them behind locked doors and says, peace be unto you. The peace that he wanted to bring them, whatever they were facing, and here he was alive again. Have you ever thought about how fear affects people? I know it's terrifying for me you have financial fear and you're thinking I'm not gonna be able to make the mortgage this month I'm not gonna be able to pay for the car payment that gets me to the job I go to or sometimes people fear that physical or their health related fear things or sometimes people they fear living alone and what's gonna happen I I don't want to live alone or people just simply fear dying especially if you know you're not ready Jesus says, I have came back. I was buried in a borrowed tomb. He's letting these disciples know. And I rose on the third day. I became your sin bearer. I'm telling you to fear not and embrace peace. And he tells them in John's gospel, which I think it went over their head, in chapter 14 and verse 27, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind heart and the peace i give is a gift the world cannot give i'm telling you stop searching for it you're not going to find it it is utter chaos it is a condition of chaos and confusion it is a order that is out of place and he's saying that he wants to be able to give us peace of mind and heart the world cannot give so don't be troubled or afraid See, having peace won't always erase confusion, but through Jesus Christ, it has an opportunity to diminish the effects on your life and on mine. So how do we conquer the chaos? What does that look like? How do we conquer it to the point that we can live despite our world has gone crazy? How do we live and not let that affect us to where that it drives us crazy and we get depressed and we don't think we can make it and we get discouraged and the guilt strips in? It just, it, all those things hit us. How do we do that? I'm going to talk about that over the coming weeks in a myriad of different ways in marriage and parenting and all kinds of different things that we're going to talk about, which is very important. But here's where it goes back. Remember the mind and heart. We've been talking about the mind and heart. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Listen to what Paul said, which is applicable to us. He said to the Roman church. So letting your sinful nature control your mind, your mind leads to what? What's that word? Death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to what? What's those three words? Life and peace. See, it's not always life circumstances or the devil that causes chaos. Sometimes the chaos in our lives is caused because we allow sin in our life. Even as Christians, you allow sin in your life you let it into your mind and it comes to fruition and it grows and it can end up messing up your heart and your relationship and you push the spirits leading out of your life. See, it's, when you think about Jesus Christ here and what he has done for us, how in the world could we go back for that what he saved us out of? It's almost like we're spitting on the cross again and those that spat on him and those that made fun of him and tell him, Come down from the cross. You saved others. Why don't you save yourself? Well, we go back to the very thing that he saved us out of, therefore missing the mark and to not share in the prize. Sin has to be dealt with before the chaos can be diminished in our lives. So no matter how bad your situation is or no matter how chaotic your life is, it is the Holy Spirit's leadership and power that can be able to help bring order in your life out of the chaos that might be dominating you at the moment. So it says in Romans 8 and verse 33 and 34, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen us for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Jesus is no longer on the cross. Jesus is not in the grave. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of our heavenly father, and he's watching out and make an intercession for you and for me, for those who will call on him and make him the Lord of our life, Jesus will always stand for us in the midst of our chaos, and he will stand up for us and he'll say, they're paid for, they're not guilty, they're not guilty, they're not guilty. That's what Jesus does for us. Because of Jesus, there's always hope in the midst of chaos. Maybe today, you just feel like you came in here and you're kind of like what I read in Jeremiah 17, nine and 10 from the message. It's not who you really are, it's who you're pretending to be. I wanna ask you, friend, stop pretending. Maybe you're on the other side of the camera and you're watching from somewhere and you're doing the same thing. It's not who you really are, God knows it's who you're pretending to be. Maybe you're at the end of your rope and you wanna just maybe, you tuned in or you're here today in body form you're at the end of your rope, but you're really thinking I would really like to see what God can do in my life and if that's you today that's why you're here God has drawn you here maybe you're thinking about giving up because of the chaos in your life maybe you find yourself kind of where the disciples were so what do you mean where the disciples were they watched Jesus with all that he had done for humanity over those three years they watched him die on a cross he was crucified maybe you feel like your marriage is crucified maybe you feel like your career is crucified because everything's still shut down maybe you're downtown national they can not even crank your job back up and you don't you don't know what you're gonna do you're at wit's end maybe you feel like you're family relationship is crucified maybe you feel like your hopes and dreams are dead and you just don't see how they're gonna be revived you just feel absolutely without any hope you see when Jesus died and they saw him die, they felt this for three days basically there was three days of darkness there was three days of hopelessness until Peter ran to the tomb and the chaos he felt All of a sudden, when he saw that folded linen turned into joy and peace, even though he may have been nervous, he felt that sense of peace come over his life in that moment. And maybe that's where you're at today, kind of like they were. Maybe you're between the crucifixion and the resurrection. Maybe you're just living between there. And you know what? That's where most people quit at. That's where most people throw the tail in at in their lives. And and maybe for you, it's important that you understand that there is an opportunity to be able to resurrect your marriage. There's an opportunity to be able to resurrect your finances, to be able to resurrect your relationship with your family, to be able to resurrect your business or your career. There's an opportunity to resurrect your health to what it wasn't to what it can be. There's an opportunity right in front of you because Jesus is bigger Than any chaos that'll ever cripple you. I promise you that. And if you've never experienced forgiveness of that, what he died for you, today is your opportunity, and that's why you're here. Because Jesus, he doesn't want you to miss the mark, and he does not want you to be alienated or where you don't share. You understand that. Giving God your sin often will diminish the chaos in your lives because you trade chaos for peace. And let me say this to you. You might be here with family or friends or the one that you're married to, the one you're dating. might be here by yourself. I want to challenge you. Get real with God today. Don't be trying to fake everybody out. You can fake the people around you out, but you'll never fake God out because he knows who you really are and who you're trying to pretend to be. So don't let any excuses prevent you from having the peace that Jesus wants to give you. 1 John 5 and 5 says, And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe Jesus is the Son of God. Would you stand with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we are so blessed and so thankful that from the very inception of sin in the mind and the heart of Eve and Adam that you had a plan for us through your Son, our Savior, to be able to take care of our sins. God, today, in the name of Jesus, Lord, in a crowd of people this size or those watching online, sin somehow uh, Begins to birth in people's minds and hearts and even for Christians and they begin to be pulled back into that God today I pray for your loving Holy Spirit's conviction on every heart and soul here that if there is sin in anyone's life They're gonna get real with you God today if there's premarital sex going on if there's drug addiction God if there is abuse going on Heavenly Father if for someone who's losing their temper if for someone who is watching Pornography I pray for someone God today, who is getting involved in other sexual relationships besides their marriage. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you'll pour conviction on their souls today, because we do not, and I know, Jesus, by you dying and giving your life for them, that you do not want them to miss the part, be able to miss the mark, God. And you do not want them to not be able to share in the prize. So, God, may they get their hearts right with you today for the sassing of their parents, God. For those, God, who are back talking their bosses, God, or they're doing things and flipping people off and whatever it is God convict their hearts God not to miss the mark I pray that today in the name of Jesus you love us so much and you've proven your love for us may we win the battle but not only believing in you but receiving the forgiveness of anything that alienates us from you Jesus as we continue praying whatever it may be in your life How many of you will get real with God today and as you're looking in your heart and life and reach toward heaven and say God I got something I need to ask you to forgive me of would you lift your hands straight to heaven right now and say yes God there's things that God bless you i see your hands God bless you God bless you I see your hands anyone else God bless you God bless you thank you for your honesty God bless you every one of you God bless you God bless you anyone else say there's things I need to get under begin to get forgiveness for from Jesus today I want to live my life in peace and joy and purpose and happiness in him, anyone else. I want to pray with you and for you as you pray. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will bless the hands that went up and even those that couldn't even even have the strength to do so, God, because, Lord, sin brings shame, God. So I pray, God, that as they pray, God, that they'll ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive them of their sins. and the things they've done wrong, and and ask you for strength and leadership of the power of the Spirit, that they will follow that leadership and have life and peace. I pray that today in the name of Jesus. Give them peace in their souls beyond what words can ever explain. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. Or you're watching online and you feel that conviction and you know you've never really asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. That's why you're watching, my friend. That's why you're here in the audience, my friend. Right now, if you just come to him and say, Lord, just tell him right where you're at. Say, Lord, I, I'm tired of calling the shots in my life. I'm sorry for doing that. Please forgive me, Lord, for trying to do it my way. Just tell him, say, Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, the things I've done wrong, the people I've hurt, the places I've been, the things I've been doing. Please, Lord Jesus, forgive me. The sincere heart, ask him, say, Lord, I ask you to save me. I give My life to you. You prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your soul and you felt that peace enter into you, unlike you've ever felt in your life. Would you give God glory as we're still praying and just lift your hand to heaven and say, Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. God bless you. Anyone else, just lift your hand real high to heaven and say, Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else, God bless you. Praise the Lord. Anyone else, you know that you entered that peace of salvation in Jesus Christ. I want you to be sure to let us know that. Be sure to take a card and fill it out. We're going to follow it up with you, and, and we're going to help you in your next steps. It's the greatest decision you've ever made because your decision determines your destiny. Father, we praise you, we honor you, and thank you for being a God of order. I'm in the midst of chaos that we can experience peace. I pray your richest blessings on every home here, every life, every soul. Bless them, God. I pray, God, today, Lord, that we would pray for utter chaos that's going on in our country and lift others to you that may be missing a mark and so not to share in the prize. We love you. We praise you. Looking forward over the coming weeks, God, of how that we can have peaceful lives in every opportunity of our lives when it comes to family relationships and marriage and kids and jobs and all the things. So speak to our souls, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody shouts. Amen. Let's give our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, give him some love. Hello, Pastor Jim here. I just wanted to come on and thank you for listening and help answer the question, what next? If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would love to take that journey with you. Simply text the word SAVED to 615-900-2176. And make sure to follow us through the week on our social media accounts at FreedomChurchTN. We love you. Have a blessed week.